Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Hey guys, today I'm here with my sissy poo, Anna Despa. Yes, my maiden name is Despa, just so you know. Um, Anna is a mom of four with two bonus kiddos and two non-bonus kiddos. <laughs> two I had myself. Two, two she birthed out her vagina. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's that. <sighs> I'm actually in New York with her visiting right now. And uh, we wanted to talk about and share a little bit. If you guys have been listening to the podcast a while, you know my, my nephew was in the hospital earlier this year. You know, I shared on the podcast several times. So Anna's going to share her story. And we're going to try not to cry too hard. So I think, well, is there anything you want to add that I missed about you? She recently became a stay-at-home mama after Xander was in the hospital, which is... Not positive. The date that we went to the hospital was... January 19th. I'll never forget it. He was sick earlier that week. He had, like, fever, was not being himself, you know, like, he, uh, um, started throwing up, and we brought him to the doctors, and they figured it was something viral, because he got tested for the flu, uh, because that was going around really bad at that time. He tested negative, and so his doctor thought it was something viral, because they couldn't figure out anything else. So she sent us home. And then that Friday, he went on a Tuesday. That Friday, I came home from work. And I was getting ready to bring my daughter to her father's, which is like a half an hour away. And I was holding Xander. And he was just burning up. But the thermometer wasn't reading a temperature at all. And I told Donovan, I was like, he's really, really hot. And then I'm just sitting there and he started having a seizure. So we knew something was extremely wrong. And we know what seizures are because our moms had seizures before. So we are definitely clued into what that looks like. Yes, I was. I'm not thankful for the experience that I have, but I am thankful if that makes sense to you because it helped me react better. Yeah. I knew what was happening. I wasn't freaked out. I knew how to handle it. And I knew we had to get him to the hospital as soon as possible because a year and a half your old child shouldn't be having a seizure like that, especially with a fever. Uh, when we got to the hospital, he was running a temperature of 112. Holy shit. Yes. And our th- thermometer wasn't picking it up. I think they max out at a certain point. Like the t- thermometers, yeah, I think prob- they tap well, out. Donovan tested it on everybody else in the house because he's like, wow, he's hot, but it's not reading anything. And it read normal for all of us. So we couldn't, we didn't know what was going on. He wasn't overdressed. He was in his diaper in the middle of winter because he was so hot. We broke his temperature all week long. We thought it was something just viral. But uh, it wasn't obviously because we got sent to the hospital with a seizure. Uh, when we got there, they got his seizure to stop. They thought it was from his fever because high fevers can cause seizures. Which I didn't know that until that day. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um. So they got his seizure to stop and they brought his temperature down, but thankfully, I'm so thankful for this doctor, noticed that Xander was only seizing on one side of his body, not both sides of his body. 
So he figured there was something else wrong. It wasn't just from the fever. So he took him to have a CT scan done. And that's when they found a mass on his brain. Uh, so we, his doctor, his pediatrician was actually the on-call pediatrician that night. Thankfully, because I love her. She's such a great doctor. <laughs> and she was extremely kind when she told us what was going on. Uh, we had no idea what this mass was, and neither did Canton Potsdam Hospital, because they do not have very great technology like the hospital we got sent to. Let me explain it like this. So, with my second daughter, I had a C-section with my first daughter. With my second daughter, I could not have a V-back if anybody's familiar, that's having a vaginal delivery after a C-section because this hospital did not have the technology able to deal with if if it, things went wrong. I would have to deliver three hours away if I wanted a VBAC at the time. I don't know if it's the same now. They may have improved, but they're a little behind the times. It's not exactly like the, uh, you know up and up of the the not bashing so if anybody listening you know works at can positive hospital love you you guys do great things but they don't exactly have the ability to deal with emergency situations like that it's a small town hospital yeah so because it's a small town hospital we don't have any specialists for neurology so nobody knew what was going on they just knew that xander had a mass on his brain so we got life flighted to Burlington, Vermont. So it's a three-hour drive to Burlington from Potsdam. It only took us an hour, maybe an hour and a half to get there via helicopter. It was the scariest. That was time your first helicopter life. ride, right? Mm, no, it wasn't a helicopter. Actually, it was one of the tiny little puddle jumper planes. Okay, that's right. They didn't have the helicopter. They had the little tiny pu- puddle jumper plane. But that, it's not my first time on one of those. Okay. But it was it was different. They were worried about me. They didn't think I could handle it. But uh, I, hand, I handled it They don't realize well. that we went through quite a few medical emergencies in our time with our mom. Yep. We spent a lot of time in the hospital with our mom, including the hospital that Xander got sent to. Yep. Actually, uh, Xander's pediatric neurologist studied under our mom's neurologist that did her brain surgeries when we were teenagers which is pretty neat because he was a very good brain surgeon now he just teaches we got to see him a few times while we were there yeah i bet he was fascinated like oh another one your family must be like setting the bar high yeah he remembered mom (laughs) and uh one of the other neurologists on xander's team uh, heard about mom, but he had never met her, and he got to meet her. So our mom has a disease called Moye Moye. All the arteries in the back of her necks have collapsed. They called the puff of smoke disease because literally that's what her arteries in the back of her neck look like. And she had to have brain surgery to attach arteries from underneath her scalp to her brain so she can get blood flow. She's having a lot of seizures. This causes like all sorts of kind of... Most people don't live through this. Most people died at a really young age and her mom, knock on wood, has... She's turned 50 this year. So... You know, so I mean, when we say that they knew our mom and heard about her, it's because her disease is very rare. So she is a study case. Yep. (laughs) We have very rare cases in our family. So tell us what happened when uh, Xander got to Burlington. Um, They did the normal routine of asking me all the same questions of when did this start? What were his symptoms? What brought you here? Yada, yada, yada. Uh, And then they 
ended up putting him to sleep, like a full sedation so that they could do MRI and CT scans to figure out where this mass is and what it is. After a very long night uh, of them trying to figure out what it was, we found out the next day that Xander had an abscess in the right ventricle of his brain. And the ventricles, um, in case you don't know, help the flow of the cerebral spinal fluid to your spine. Um, and he had this big, what did they said about the size of a quarter abscess. Like, I don't know if you ever had an abscess tooth. Or an abscess on your skin. Yep, like yeah. uh, one of those abscess pimples that are really hard and you can't pop them. And yeah, that's yeah. what it's like. Um, and like the outer shell of it is extremely hard and it's just filled with all sorts of bacteria or virus whatever might be the cause so we figured out that it was an abscess in his ventricle so that's what caused the seizure was the um the pressure on his brain from the abscess and the not getting the cerebral spinal fluid flowing properly throughout his brain you learned a lot of words. I did. I did. And I hope I'm using them all right. I'm pretty sure I am. You're like, I think I got this. And he, um, we were in Virginia and get contacted. I got contacted with my mom. I was actually out with a friend of mine. And my mom and <clears throat> our mom and I, we don't always get along. Mom, if you're listening, I know you listen to the podcast. Love you. Um, we sometimes um, clash. So I'm out with a friend and my mom calls and I'm like, I'm out with a friend. I don't answer phone calls or texts when I'm like hanging out with friends. Um, if it's an emergency, they'll leave a message. So she left a message. So I'm like, oh, it must be something's going on. She left a message. It's like 30, 10 o'clock at night. <clears throat> so I check the message and she's like, call me back right now. And so I call her back irritated as fuck because I'm like, why the fuck is she calling me 10 o'clock at night? Tell me to call. She's not nice when she said call her back. And I understand she was stressed out and she calls and she's like, why didn't you answer your phone? I was like, I'm out with a friend. I have a life. I, you know, and she was so irritated. She's like, well, your nephew just got um, life flighted to, to Burlington and we don't know what's going on. He had a seizure and he has, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, okay, mom. I was like, what do you expect me to do? I'm in Virginia. Right. And she was just, I just thought you would want to know. I'm like, I do want to know, but you're like, the way she said it felt like she was, it felt like she was trying to ask me to do something and I don't know what she wanted from me. So I was just like, I don't, and she ended up hanging up on me. She got so frustrated with like, I don't know what you want from me right now, mom. I'm in Virginia. You're in New York. I can't like, just like drive up to Vermont right now. <laughs> and so... I understand. She was frustrated. I apologized to the next day for being a snarky bitch. And, you know, so that's how I found out. So I go back to my friend and I was like, my nephew's in the hospital. He had a seizure. And she was like, are you okay? Do you need to leave? And I was like, I can't do anything. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do right now. And so the next day I was able to process a little bit more and told my husband and everything like that and you know at that time we started to get more information about what was going on with Xander but it was I felt so helpless because I was like all the way in Virginia like we're talking about 600 miles away I have school I have kids I have a husband in the military who can't I mean he can't just always take like time off like that and I was like 
I don't know what to do. Like, I felt, I, like, I just wanted to be there for my sister and, and support her, but I had no, I, I felt so helpless. Like, I'm like, I don't know what to do right now. I felt helpless and I was in the same room as him. Yeah. So, you get there, everything like that. When did they start having more information for you guys? Um, it actually took a few days because they had to, uh, they did a spinal tap where they take fluid from a spine and it was filled with, um, proteins, which I guess like viruses and bacteria will feed on. Like they didn't know if it was a virus or a bacteria in his abscess yet. So like his spinal fluid was filled with protein. So they knew there was something wrong and they had to test it to figure out whether it was bacterial or viral. And this abscess, when it broke open, caused meningitis. This is what they think. They're still not sure. He's a rare case. (laughs) Uh, They're actually flabbergasted on how it ended up where it was because it was in the back of his skull, like the back part of his brain. So it made no, no sense to them at all how this bacteria got into his brain and created this abscess. Like, He's had no brain and like no head injuries or anything like perfectly healthy child. He's not been like super this. sick. He just had like the flu. I think you said before. No, he had a ear infection. Ear infection. But yeah. it was on the other side of his head. It was on the left side in his left ear, and his um, abscess was on the right side. And it was so many months ahead of time that they just can't link the two together. Like yeah. having the ear infection caused the abscess, so they have no idea. So it took. It took almost a week. No, it took like three or four days for them to figure out that it was bacterial and not viral, which is great because they can treat it much better. Um, I was, I didn't, I, I wasn't happy about the situation at all, but I was glad that they figured out that it was bacterial. Uh, then they had to figure out what kind of bacteria because uh, the two bacteria they thought it were were so alike in their. Um, their composition, like their makeup, that they had to do more testing to figure out which one it was. It was either staph or strep. They did start treating with wide-spectrum antibiotics as soon as they knew it was bacterial, didn't they? Yep. As soon as they figured out it was bacterial. And when we first got there after they uh, did the MRIs and stuff, they started him on anti-seizure medicine, so she, he didn't have any more seizures. So they started on that, and then they started them on wide-spectrum antibiotics. They called them the big gun antibiotics. Not familiar. Antibiotics literally don't just wipe out bad bacteria. They wipe out all bacteria in your body. So the good bacteria in your gut, which now, like, research is showing more and more how important that is and um, what it does for our bodies and our immune systems. And it's really weird if you, like, actually research it, and I have a little bit, is that bacteria communicates with our brain. And so um, they started putting him on probiotics so they could offset the fact that the antibiotics are wiping out some of that good bacteria in his if gut. If not all of it. If not all guy. of it. He's just a tiny little shit. He was tiny. <laughs> and I say little shit because he's a wild animal. Yes, he is. Um, but after they started him on the big gun antibiotics, he was bedridden because he wouldn't move he was um completely out of it like he just was so lethargic from I'm assuming he was in pain from all the pressure in his head there was so much pressure in his head they had to put um a tube through the top of his head into his ventricle I don't remember what they called it um a stint wasn't it or is that no no I don't remember. It's okay. 
Uh, but it was a tube that went into his head to help the flow of the cerebral spinal fluid so that it wasn't backing up and creating pressure in his brain, which his pressure in his brain was extremely high because the abscess was right where it flows through. So it was completely blocking any flow to the top part of his brain. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> so they put the tube in his brain to help with the cerebral spinal fluid flow. Yeah. Flow. Um, what happened after that? Mostly it was a waiting game for a good week, two weeks, uh, just to see, to figure out like if the antibiotics they had him on were getting into the abscess to kill the bacteria that was in there because they didn't want to have to do surgery unless they had to. That was a great thing about his pediatric neurologist is she didn't want to do the surgery unless it was the last choice. Like, most surgeons are just like, oh, yeah, let's do the surgery. And she's like, no, I want to try this, this, and this first. So they had the tube in the top of his head and they figured out that it was strep bacteria, which is better than staph bacteria. We all know staph Mm -hmm. is horrible you can catch it anywhere mostly in hospitals jeremy had a stat he caught staff on the boat and he was telling me about it how like it was literally eating away at his skin yep like and once you have it once you're more likely to get it again yep so now he has to be like very careful like i have to buy him soap with uh antibacterial properties so that he can make sure that he doesn't especially when he's on the boat you know my husband if you know guys aren't familiar is on a submarine so you're talking about on a fast attack submarine so you're talking about 150 dudes on one little tiny submarine yeah shit gets spread around pretty good oh i bet of course hospitals it would be because i mean that's where sick people go sick people go to hospitals yep they told us when we were there that you're more likely to get staff in the hospital than anywhere else they tested us for staff they tested xander for staff once a week they only tested us once but they tested xander once a week they tested us when we first got there to see if we were carriers of staff, like, because you can be carrying it and not even know it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like for the flu, you can be carrying the flu and not even know it and give it to somebody else and they get sick. It's about the, your immune system, um, how good it is at fighting off these things. That's why... Whether you agree or disagree with vaccinations, we're not getting into that discussion. That's I feel it's a personal choice. But what vaccinations do is they introduce a small amount of that disease into your body so your body can build up immunities to it and attacks that disease. Yep. It's small enough to where you shouldn't actually get sick, but some people, you know, get the flu shot and get the flu every time it happens. Um but you should be able to build up those immunities so next time that disease is introduced, you don't actually get it. That's why you can be a carrier for something and pass it to somebody else because your immune system is already, like, capable of fighting off whatever it is. But the other person's immune system may not have those immunities. Yep. Um, so, yep, they figured out it wasn't staph. It was strep. And it's a natural flora that we all have. Like, it's naturally on all of our skin. You have it. I have it. Everybody has this type of strep. Like, you're always carrying it. Um, You can get strep throat from it, but everybody's always carrying it. So, he had already had this type of bacteria 
it's a natural flora bacteria i think i said that um so somehow it made it from inside xander's mouth to his brain they don't know how they can't figure out how but they figured out what kind of bacteria it was so they could narrow down the antibiotics that they were giving him to treat just that type of bacteria so they started doing that and they wanted to try and get rid of the abscess that way but the pediatric neurologist was telling us that the outside shell of this abscess is so thick it's like peeling an orange you know how thick that outside skin is um it's so thick that the antibiotics couldn't get inside to get rid of it all and start shrinking it um the bacteria did start to die after a while, like the bacteria that was coming out of the abscess into the cerebral spinal fluid, but inside of it was still very, very alive. So after about, I think it was a week and a half of Xander having the tube in his head and being on constant antibiotics and constantly bedridden, poor little man, could barely eat or drink because he was just so sick and anyways uh, they decided they were going to go in and drain his abscess so they had to take him in and they had to drill about a nickel size hole in the back of his skull and microscopically it was a one of the minor surgeries but every surgeries major anything could happen yeah they took a needle and the abscess was under your under his brain, like in the probably a good inch or so into his brain in the ventricle. So they took a needle and drained all the pus out. They got ten milliliters of pus out of his abscess. If you could imagine like the emoji with the little green face, like looks like it's gonna vomit. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. Well, you could they showed us pictures of his MRI afterwards and you could see that the abscess just crumbled in on itself. Like there's nothing in it to keep it, um, whole anymore. So it just crumbled in on itself. So they're able to get rid of the abscess that way or start to, at least they got the stuff out. So it just collapsed in on itself. And, uh, he was great. You could tell he felt so much better. He didn't have that pressure anymore. He still had the tube in the top of his head. Um, but they were able to start weaning him off from it, like increasing the pressure in his brain to see if he was going to need a more permanent shunt. That's what the word shunt, we were looking not for earlier. Stint. Shunt. Shunt. Uh, I was close. They were gonna. They were thinking about putting a more permanent shunt in his head to help with the flow of the spinal fluid because they didn't know if it was going to do it on its own, if it would heal itself on its own the way it's supposed to. Uh, because of the scarring and where it was in the um, ventricle in his head. It, so it was, it flowed great. They got to take the tube out and he was doing much better. All of his MRIs have come back great. His abscess is gone. You had to learn to give him an IV. I did. Um, they taught me in Burlington how to administer his antibiotics via a PIC line which is like a more permanent IV. Mm. It goes directly into your vein and up into uh, one of the ventricles of your heart right above it so that it's going, it's um, 
giving you the antibiotics directly into your blood. That was very nerve-wracking. Yeah. Because <laughs> you had to make sure there's no air. You had to make sure you weren't doing anything too fast. Uh, you had to flush the line and make sure you could pull back blood through it too. Even though he wasn't having blood done, I still had to do that to make sure it wasn't clotting at the end. Because that blood clot could release and then be in a whole new world of problems. Right. Uh, yeah, so we got to go home with him on antibiotics, oral and through his pick line. So the poor little guy had to have antibiotics through his pick line twice a day. Once in the morning, once at night. And then he had to have this nasty tasting oral antibiotics three yeah. times a day. And he still had his anti-seizure medicine. So... That was three weeks at home with that. Very, very nerve-wracking. It was an experience I never want to have again. And like I said, he's a wild child, so Anna had to make sure he wasn't, like, pulling out his IV or his pick line and doing all this shit. Like, <laughs> Surprisingly, he was very great. They even said at Burlington they can't believe how well-behaved he was. They were expecting to have to secure him to his bed so that he didn't pull the tube out of his head. Or pull his pick line out. Um, they were set and ready for it. They had the little straps straps and everything. Because a child of his age, you know, they're going to pull on stuff like that. Xander didn't. He caught sight of the tube in his head a couple of times. And he just looked at it. Like, it was like he knew what was going on. It was the happiest day when you sent me the picture of him when he started his physical therapy because, I mean, he'd been in the bed, so you don't want his uh, muscles to atrophy. I think that's the right word. Yeah, I learned Uh, you lose 20% muscle mass for every day you're bedridden. Wow. Yes. So after five days, you're He was actually, it was two weeks that he had been bedridden, didn't move or anything. Like, he didn't even want to sit up. So he had to build up all that muscle again. Yep. Because he'd pretty much lost... I am so thankful for that nurse that said we need to get him out of bed. Because I had no idea. I didn't know that you lost that much muscle mass. And he'd been in the bed for two weeks not moving. Right. So, and he did not want to sit up at all the first day. Not at all. He cried and just, he was so lax. Like, because he had, he didn't have that strength anymore in his back to hold himself up. But we got him in the little... One of those little red wagons. Yeah. They have many of them at the hospital. He had his own little personal one while he was in the um, ICU. Uh, he got in the little red wagon and he was so happy to get out of bed. It was the cutest picture you sent me. He was just like so excited. And then you sent me one of him playing with a ball. Yep. And he was just like so pumped. And you could just see this little guy like you're seeing this little baby because the pictures I had been sent before were so like this you could tell he was so sick and then you see him like so excited about this ball and this wagon and I was just like oh my gosh look he's getting better and and we had people like all over the place like cheering for him like we my husband started to go fund me like we had people who had no idea who my sister was that donated money and like sent their prayers and well wishes. It was just amazing what people will do, mm-hmm. like and how big their hearts are, even though they have no idea who you are. They just know who I am. So the people listening that donated and stuff, thank you. Yes, um, thank you very much. I'm so appreciative for everything everybody's done. Anna was working. She was the the sole provider of her family at the time because. 
her um, significant other had been laid off. I was like, what, what, what was the word we're using? A uh, significant other had been laid off. So Anna was working full time and she had to literally like stay in the hospital the whole time with Xander and her work was like really like worked with her, got her, you know, some um, money for like, what was it? Um, paid family leave. Paid family leave. So different things, but like, because they didn't have the income coming in, the donations really helped offset the cost. It was just, I mean, people, are, I mean, she literally lives three hours away from Burlington Hospital. So, you know, you're having to drive, you know, Donovan was having to drive back and forth. Yeah, because you know. we had three other kids at home. Donovan's two girls, my two bonus children were staying with their grandmother. And thankfully, Emma's father is in her life a great deal. So he, him and... His fiance, Kate, which I love them both so much, took Emma, brought her to school and everything for the whole entire month and a half that Zan, because I was, I was not going to leave his side. I couldn't, I was too afraid something was going to happen if I left. So how do you handle that as a mom with a baby that's in the hospital, an emergency? What helped you not lose your shit? Uh, knowing that he was in one of the best hospitals on the East Coast had one of the best neurologists on his team on the East Coast. The only better place we could have went was Boston, which is six hours away from where we live. Um, And just trying to keep my faith that nothing horrible was going to happen, that we're going through the worst of it and that he was going to get better. I just tried not to think about it too much. Yeah. Because when I did... I'd break down and I didn't want him feeling what I was feeling. I didn't want him to know that I was scared. Even though I was scared shitless the whole entire time I was there. Even after he was getting better, I was still scared shitless. How were you able to keep up that strength for yourself? Did you practice any self-care or anything like that? I mean, how were you? You were in the hospital for a month and a half. Like... Um. Really just the support system I had, talking with you, with mom, uh, having different people come and visit, even though there wasn't really much to visit. Xander was just laying there. He didn't really care who came or what. Um, Just having that whole support network and knowing I had somebody to talk to if I needed to helped me a lot. The nurses and the doctors were great. I became friends with a couple of nurses because they would sit there and they would talk with me if I needed it. Um, There was a great support network at that hospital. There was, I can't remember what they're called now, but there's these people that stopped by the room like every couple of days to see if I needed anything or I needed anybody to talk to or anything. Yeah. Um, That helped me keep my sanity a lot. If I needed to get out of the room when Donovan wasn't there, they would come and sit with Xander because he couldn't be left by himself, um, which was great because I could go take a walk, calm myself down if I was getting too upset. But that's pretty pretty much it. I didn't really do anything else. I didn't think about anything else, not even myself, when I was there because all I could think about was Xander and what he's going through and how I couldn't believe that we were where we were. I right. just, I couldn't, I feel like, it was a dream. I still feel like it was a dream. I know it wasn't a dream. More like a nightmare. Yeah, very, <laughs> very bad nightmare. Like, I I feel like 
a lot of what what gave you strength the support system i always stress this about people is having a really great support system a bunch of different people not just family but friends and you know um a significant other if you have one that's very supportive like donovan wasn't like well Anna, you got to get back to work he was just like i can't believe our baby is in the hospital like what can i do and when anna um, expressed like i really want to stay home with xander after this like i can't imagine leaving him alone like Anna had a hard time leaving him alone with anybody after this happened for a um, long time and still does like if, if she doesn't know people like not that you would leave him with a stranger but if she's not really close to somebody it'd be really hard um that Donovan did what he could to find himself another employment opportunity so that Anna could come home and stay with Xander and be there with him and I mean I can imagine like you're so thankful for this time now like, yes with him I am even though he's a wild animal. I was scared uh, because I had missed his... I didn't miss it, but I was working his whole first year and a half of his life. So I missed some little things, and I hated that I was missing those little things. Uh, but Donovan wasn't working at the time, so somebody had to work. Um, and we would we had already planned on me being a stay-at-home mom, but it wasn't going to be till like, this summer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this just speeded up the process a little bit. I I know having a great boss like Jason, my the boss of the subway that I managed, he was great. He was wonderful. He completely understood. He told me not to worry about anything, you know. Um, like, he still needed me to do the schedule because nobody else managed my store. I was the only person that knew everybody's schedule and stuff. So I would do... He told me to take my time, but to do up two schedules. He, uh... Gave me extra vacation time that, like, he gave me an extra week vacation time to use while I was there. So I got paid for a week of vacation that I had already used. Like, he's such a great boss that helped a lot. I didn't really have a lot to worry about while I was there. Like, mom came and took care of the dogs. Your daughter, Carmel, came and helped her clean up the house for us because my poor doggies got left home alone not knowing what the hell was going on. Uh, while we rushed to Burlington, they were just left here. Yeah. Completely confused. So mom came and took care of the dogs uh, and cleaned up the house with Carmel for us. So we didn't have to worry about that. I, we knew our other three kids were completely taken care of. So having a lot of our worries lifted up off from us helped us focus on just Xander and what's going on with him. I think the important, so that helped help me a lot. The important takeaway for people is while emergencies aren't happening, you should build up these habits and the support network so if shit hits the fan, not that we want shit to hit the fan. We don't ever want it to hit the fan, but if it does, you have that already there and that's you're not having to stress about all the extra things in addition yep. to stressing about your child and that could literally lead to a mental breakdown. Like the fact that like, what happened without all that stuff could literally mean, lead to a mental breakdown. Add that stuff on top of it. Like, that's definitely not something we we want to happen. So, yes, I know not everybody listening is close to their family. That's fine. But, like, building up a support network of friends and, you know, people that are close to you and having 
um, employment opportunity, if you're in a shitty employment opportunity right now, you hate your life, your boss is awful, it might be time to start looking for other opportunities because you don't want to be in a situation where now you're worrying about work and possibly getting fired and losing your job. Or the fact that Anna, like her boss is literally like, I understand if you can't come back, I will hire somebody else. Yep. And he wasn't like, you better come back. You all this like threatening her. She did not have to worry about any of that. Nope. When we found out that what was going on with Xander and like what kind of bacteria it was and what their plan was to take care of him. And um, it wasn't as much of up in the air as it was when we first got there. It offered to Jason to come there for like three days and work. But then come back to Burlington for the other four days and he told me no. He was like, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to stay there with your son. You need to be there with your son. So not having to worry about my store, whether I still had my job or not, was such a relief because he told me that my job would still be there when we were done. If, if you I wanted it. If I yep. wanted it. Um, even still now, like if I needed a job, I know all I have to do is call him and be like, hey. I need a job. I don't want my manager's job, but I still need a job. He would give it to me. But also helps that you know me. the manager of your subway. Yep. I know the <laughs> managers of all three of um, our subways in our area, actually. My daughter's father's one of them. He took over your position, didn't he? Uh, he took over the Potsdam store. Okay. I worked in the Canton store. Um, and I trained the girl that's in the Canton store, and I trained the guy that's in the Walmart Potsdam store. So I know all three of them, so, and they all know I'm a great worker, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a relief to have a great support system. The only time I had a hard time was when they told us that we were, Xander was going to have to have surgery, because nobody wants to hear that their one and a half year old is going to have to have brain surgery. Right. Uh, I broke down. I started to lose my faith in everything. Because I couldn't understand... In the aliens? Why? <laughs> yeah. And everything. Like, any possible, like, being or... Higher power. Or higher power. I just... Both Anna and I have... Uh, we're no longer Christians. We were brought up in the Christian religion, but we are just, like... We're both baptized Roman Catholic. Yes. But and... we don't... We don't follow it. No. Um, or even we went to Methodist church when we were younger. And actually, yep. either right before this episode, I, th I think a couple weeks before this episode airs, um, I recorded a Friday episode about church hurts and what happened and why I lost all faith in Christ the Christian religion. And I even said in there, not to bash any minute beliefs, I think that's a great, we should all have beliefs in something. But, you know, we don't, we don't say, oh God, it's like whatever higher powers up there the universe aliens whatever you want to call it yeah losing all faith that there's anything out there that could be i did i was very 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 close to i just couldn't understand why yeah why this is happening to us um especially because before we found out that we we're gonna have xander i had had a miscarriage mm -hmm. and i couldn't understand why yeah. so i couldn't understand why somebody would want to take the baby. My baby away from me. Right. Um. So that was really hard. I didn't... I did. I don't know how I came through still having faith in something. Like, I know there's something there. We came from something. You know, there's right. something. 
Um, Some things are just, you just can't explain it with science. And I, that's, that's where, that's where it's got me. There's got to be some sort of like higher power, whatever that might be, whatever people call it. Because like, there's just some things you just can't explain that you're just like, science can't explain this shit. Right. Like what, where, what, how, <coughs> how did this happen? Like, I have no idea. I've had moments in my life where I'm like, I don't, somebody up there is looking out for me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah. Uh, part of what saved my faith in something was Megan had done, a, I think it was a live video about having faith and not losing your faith in whatever you believe in. And I'd watched it and it brought me into a better place. It made me feel a little bit better. Um, it regained my faith a bit. Like, you know, we all go through hard times. Doesn't mean you have to lose your faith. Everything happens for a reason. I still don't understand the reasoning. Finding that silver lining or the lesson that needs to be learned. I tell people it's not always a silver lining. It's not always like a positive thing that you're, but there's always a lesson. Something in there is there's, and you'll look back someday and be like, I get it now. I see why. Like, I'm, that's, why did you, it have to happen that way? No idea. But here's the lesson I can take away from it. And I think a lot of people, we just get sucked down into like the shit and like, why, why the fuck would this happen to me? Like, why would this happen to my family? What did we do? Is that, why, is it some karma re- retribution from a past life? I don't know. But there's always a lesson. Like, you know, either you're building up strength for something or, you know, maybe it, 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 helped you appreciate and have a different relationship with Xander than you may have before. You know, something. There's something. definitely set me on the fast track to staying home. Because Donovan would not have been able to administer the antibiotics, so we would have had to stay in Canton Potsdam Hospital or stay in Burlington, and they didn't want us there anymore. They are getting sick of seeing us. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So it was up to me, like, I took on that responsibility so that we could come home and we could all be a family again, you know, our dogs could see us and know that everything is okay. And this brought you and Donovan closer together as well. Yes, I think it did. Yeah, I can definitely see that. There's a lot of difference between you and Donovan now and you and Donovan before this happened to Xander. Not that either one one's better than the other, but I really can see that you guys are closer together. Yeah, and I, I can see now that I wasn't, as happy as I thought I was working. Like, I loved my job. I really did. I loved managing Subway. I loved being the boss. And I'd been there for 10 years, managing for seven. I loved it. But I can see now I wasn't happy because I was missing out on all this stuff with Xander. And when this happened, I just thought I was going to lose him. I thought I was going to lose it was everything like I was thinking why did I stay and work and all that I missed out on so much and now I'm gonna lose them uh but I didn't thankfully I'm so thankful for that and I'm thankful for every day that we have your job just wasn't serving you anymore no it wasn't sometimes things are just in our life for a season so as we wrap up the podcast because we're getting low on time and I I heard from a few people that said I really like the 45 minute length uh, please try not to like go over that because <laughs> we've had a few. We had one um, on uh, from an addict 
that um, she's a recovering addict and she shared her whole story and it went like an hour and a half. It was long, but I could, I just couldn't, I couldn't cut any of it out and I didn't want to and I didn't want to stop her because her story was like, you're just like riveted. Like it helped me being, having been in a relationship with a drug addict, it helped me see a different side. So as we wrap up the podcast, when I want to say thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. You know, my sister's like my biggest fan. She watches all my Facebook lives, listens to the podcast. Like, <laughs> yay, somebody loves me. Um, <laughs> if there's one thing that you wanted to leave the audience with, what would you want them to know? That in a time of crisis like that, not to panic. It's everybody's first instinct to panic, but Try and stay calm for your loved one that is going through whatever they're going through. Know that there is a support system out there for you. Know that there is going to be a team of doctors there to help you through everything and they will help support you through everything. Um, Don't ever second guess your gut. Like, I knew something was wrong with Xander and I knew it wasn't the flu. And I did not believe it was a viral infection like his doctor had thought it was. Because you can't test for that. Yeah. Um, I knew there was something wrong. I knew my baby wasn't... There was something wrong with him. Uh, and I second-guessed myself. But part of me was just saying there's something wrong. We never would have found out if we took him to the hospital when he was running a fever. They would have just brought his fever down and sent us home. They would never have done a CT scan. So the seizure um, made them do a CT scan... But don't second guess yourself. Like, my friend had gone through her daughter having the flu and she ended up with pneumonia. But they did, never did a chest x-ray. And she pushed for it. And she pushed for it. Because she knew there was something wrong. Don't be scared to push. Don't be afraid to demand things. And don't panic. And watch for signs. Google stuff. It's not always right. Like... Yeah, don't, it's, don't let it, it like, convince yeah, you that you're dying. No, I mean. but if I had Googled his symptoms... We very well possibly could have had the idea in our head with his pediatrician, like, this could be going on. Like, he could have meningitis. He had all the signs of meningitis. But we didn't know the signs of meningitis. Yeah. So we had no idea, but... And it's not something your pediatrician is going to think about. So if we would have, like, done research ahead of time, maybe we would have seen something. But don't second-guess yourself and don't don't panic. Just don't panic. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. I love you, Sissy Poo. I love you too. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Inspire Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.